the only way that you can kind of manipulate that guaranteed income side is is the third lever, if you will, and that's the annuities. And then you can fund your annuity and you can kind of uh, back into the income that you need. Becoming a millionaire isn't just about growing your money. It's also about protecting and preserving your wealth by using the right financial strategies for your situation. Welcome. This is Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. John has his Master's of Science in Financial Services and is a certified financial planner and the president of Epiphany Capital. Welcome to Middle Class Millionaire, folks. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with John Choi and myself. And we're going to talk a little bit about understanding income in a conversation around just kind of mastering retirement cash flow. Uh, income or, you know, cash is king. We've all heard that. Well, income is obviously very, very crucial in retirement. So we're going to dive into the income side of the equation and talk about the ins and outs of your expenses in retirement and just kind of go through this chat with John. So let's uh, let's tune in and, and take some charge of our retirement cash flow. What's going on, buddy? How are you this week? Good. Just off of a holiday weekend. So right. it was great. Yeah, it's hot in Chicago. So it's it's hot. It's finally hot. Yeah, we've had an un, kind of pretty mild summer, really, leading into pretty much most of June. We talked about that before, I believe. But all of a sudden, the floodgates opened and it got hot, very hot. Yeah. So oh yeah, that's uh, that's when the pool comes in handy. I, just, I would rather sweat than shiver is what I tell Yeah, there you go. There you go. I was just talking with another advisor in another part of the country earlier today, and they have gotten have been unseasonably hot and just bought a like a fixer-upper, and they have no AC. And I thought, oh, oh God, that's brutal. With six kids. I was oh, like, my goodness. Yeah, that's like that's a wine fest waiting to happen, isn't it? And you listen to the kids daily going, I, I, I'm I don't envy him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Her, actually. I don't envy her. Oh, her. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't envy her. Yeah, but I do not either. I was like, well, you have fun with that. I'm going to enjoy my AC. So Right. But, right. Uh, hey, you know, it's all part of the plan, I guess, that she's got. And that's what it's all about, having a plan. So let's dive into our conversation, John, on understanding income. Uh, let's just start with nice and simple. Why is it important to understand the income in your retirement for that stability factor? Like if you don't really have that good, clear picture of retirement income, what do you got? You know, some would say you don't have a retirement plan at all. Yeah. I mean, we have to remember that uh, retirement is not about assets. It's about income. Yeah. And and because you don't have a job uh, at that point, uh, you have to replace that source of income that you had from your job when you were working. Still need a paycheck, so, right? Yeah. So income is king. So we talk about, uh, I, I often retur- refer to retirement income as retirement paychecks. Right, right. And uh, yeah, so that that's, you should have multiple sources, ideally, of retirement income and retirement paychecks. So that's what I tell my clients. And the sources are, what kind of things out there? Well, I think we can all guess them, but let's run through some. Yeah. Social security is uh, going to be a part of it. Um, if you are fortunate enough to have pensions from work, mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. Your IRAs, whether you want it or not, is going to kick out income when you're 73 or the April 1st after you turned uh, 73. Um, and then we've got some annuities, we've got some rental income, things of that nature. And then, of course, you've got your 401k and other savings that uh, you can take retirement income from. Yeah, and maybe maybe even you still want to work part time in retirement, not because you have to, right? That's the goal, but you do it because you want to. So that could be a possible source of income. You know, I love the IRA thing, like the conversation. People are like, hey, I've got to take my you know RMD, my required minimum distribution. 
uh, and I don't need the money, you know, and I'm like always, well, send it to your, you know, favorite podcast host. I'll be happy to, to help you take care of that. But nobody ever does. I always wait for them to do that, but they never or do. Or you can do a QCD. Yeah, you can. Whatever. I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a charitable contribution though. Not, uh, okay. I don't, I don't fit into that, John. <laughs> you're not a 501 <laughs> you're, miss, you're missing the point, buddy. I'm trying to get some extra stuff here. Uh, okay. no, but those are good points. Those are some great simple things, some simple sources of income, obviously pensions, IRAs, 401ks, so on and so forth. Yeah. So, okay. So you got the, these identified. So should you have income from a diversity of sources? Well, yeah. I mean, we really need to, right? Relying on just one, for example, social security, which many people do, is not the ideal situation. Yeah, so I, I kind of break it down into two categories. One okay. is guaranteed uh, retirement income for life, and the other sources are going to be non-guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So, of course, your guaranteed sources for life would include Social Security, pensions, and annuities. Mm-hmm. And uh, Social Security, uh, whether unless you're exempt from it, like a teacher or something like that, you're going to get that. Um, pensions, you might get that. And annuities, you're going to have to set that up yourself. And then you've got the non-guaranteed part of it. So that would be like your 401ks, your IRAs, because the values in your in your accounts are going to fluctuate. Yeah, right? they can fluctuate. And then you've got your other, you've got your other sources of, of income, just kind of like your brokerage accounts, things like that. So, so, so you, you really need to break that down into, into two sources or you know, two categories right. and find out what you get from your guaranteed side and then that's how much uh, you'll need to supplement, right, from the non-guaranteed side. Yeah, and this is typically where, you know, back in the day, obviously having a pension and Social Security, your guaranteed is looking pretty darn good, right? I mean, your your cup is or your bucket is basically two-thirds full, you know, so you only have to kind of marginally take from one of the other ones. And clearly that shifted over the last number of years to where it's, you know, the onus is more on ourselves to self-fund and pull that shortfall from things like our 401ks and so on and so forth. So being overly weighted in one area, maybe not a good thing, right? You want to strike that good balance. And Social Security planning and maximization comes in really handy here because it can be a big chunk, sometimes a bigger chunk than people realize. Huge. Uh, I mean, you, you take it right and it's over you know, seven figures over a couple's lifetime. Crazy, right? Yeah. So if you're doing it right, yes. So Social Security maximization, of course, is part and parcel of retirement income planning. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you know, that goes without saying. The pensions, if you're like, again, if I, as I mentioned before, if you're fortunate enough to have a pension, you really want to figure out, hey, how do I want to take my pension for my life only, for my wife and my life as well? Do I want just my life with a guarantee of 20 years? I mean, you'll have you'll have a variety of options, right? So you'll have to take a look at that and see what best fits for your situation. Yeah, absolutely. It's very important to make sure you're going through and identifying these. And, and you know, you were talking about having to have paychecks. So let's talk about this concept of the paycheck and the playcheck. Many people have heard this. Um, so can you explain what it is and just kind of how you're going to meet these kind of needs through types, different types of categories? Sure. In, in a perfect world, what I want is that my guaranteed income sources like pensions, annuities, and Social Security, that's going to cover my basic living expenses, housing, electricity, food, things of that nature, right? And then uh, we're going to draw from our non-guaranteed sources like our 401ks and IRAs. And those are really the quote-unquote play checks. That's the extra, the gravy or the dessert, however you want to call it. But that's the extras that that you want from life. So that's how we really divide that up. Some people, they want, they say, hey, look, uh, my paycheck money, my playcheck money, that's 10 grand a month. 
I just want 10 grand a month guaranteed for the rest of my life. And we can set that up and they'll say, if I need extra, if I wanted to buy a boat, if I mm-hmm. wanted to buy an RV, if I wanted to buy whatever, a one-time purchase, then they'll take that out from their 401k or their other accounts. Gotcha. Okay. So but it's all up to it's all up to the individual, however they want to structure it. So Yeah, and so finding out the ways to structure it properly for what you need, because these are universalisms when we're talking about needing income here, John, and I'm not even sure if that's an actual word, but I use it all the time. You know, these universal things that apply to us, right? Social security is going to affect you. It's going to affect me. It's going to affect the listeners. Uh, everybody's probably got some form or fashion of, you know, some sort of savings, whether it's just a basic savings account or money in a 401k, but it's how you use it and it's how you set stuff up for the individual situation that it's going to be, you know, either effective or not effective based depending on what you're doing, right? So are there strategies for maximizing the, the guaranteed income approach, because clearly that's what everybody wants, right? We want to have as much guaranteed as we can, because that non-guaranteed, that's the scary unknown factor. Right. And so, you know, your pension is going to be set by whatever the benefits is going to spin off from your pension account. And the same as Social Security. I mean, that's that's out of your control. You're going to get what you're going to get. The only way that you can kind of manipulate that guaranteed income side is is the third lever, if you will, and that's the annuities. And then you can fund your annuity and you can kind of uh, back into the income that you need. So if you need, I need an extra, let's say $30,000 a year, that's my shortfall. I might say, okay, it might take a, I don't know, a $400,000 annuity. And that will guarantee me that $30,000 for the rest of my life. And and then you're done. And, and then everything else is gravy. As I said, you know, the 401k, uh, the IRAs, you can just leave those alone, of course, until RMD hits. But you can leave those alone and with, and you don't have to disturb them and so that you, they can just keep growing with compounded interest. Gotcha. So how do we strategize all this stuff? Like, if, Especially if you've been a DIY person, right? So if you've been doing this yourself, and this is often where the, the rubber meets the road. So you know, accumulating money uh, is a lot easier especially over the last you know, 13 years, aside from you know, 22's downturn. But for overall, the th- last 13, 14 years, it's been a- fairly easy to accumulate it. But this distribution phase, and really, if you're talking about income in retirement, this is distribution. This is a harder animal, and a lot of people start to trip up here because there's just so many moving parts. Yeah, and we refer to that as coming down the mountain or yeah. you know, distribution from, from your retirement in, uh, income sources. So uh, that's that's very complicated, and there's there's a lot of uh, additional risks, and we talked about the uh, sequence of returns risk, things of that nature. You can't really do it without really sophisticated software, or I think it's very, very difficult to, because you have to keep in mind that one of your biggest expenses in retirement, and probably your biggest, is going to be taxes. And so we have to manage uh, our taxes well. And the way that you can manipulate where your income comes from, that's going to have a huge effect on taxes like uh, like the IRMA, right? For Medicare, you, yeah, you have Aunt an extra Irma. penalty. Yep. Yeah, Aunt Irma. You can't... You don't want her visiting. Right. <laughs> Let's put it yeah. that way. Those two relatives, Aunt Irma and Uncle Sam, they are a real pain in the tush, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So... Um, you know, there there's like seven different tripwire tax tripwires is what I call them. So if you go above a certain modified adjusted income, um, that modified adjusted gross income, excuse me, 
then you'll have you'll be subject to one tax and then if you go above another level you'll be subject to both taxes and and so it's it's constantly a moving target and maybe one of those tripwires they don't affect you that's okay um but again without really nice financial planning software that's going to be really difficult to plan for yeah. So any thoughts on, you know, the, the, the overall concept of trying to, you know, understand your income as it pertains to obviously taxes, you said was a big portion, you know, debt, right? That that's that brings that conversation to many people say, well, let's get debt free. Many advisors say, let's get you debt free before you get there so that the income needs are not as hefty. So debt is kind of personal. Uh, and I'm not talking about consumer debt. Let's just talk about mortgage debt for for instance. Okay. My personal view on debt is that it's not a bad thing if you're if there's assets to cover it like your house uh, and if you can service the debt okay so if I can get a three percent mortgage which is what I got in my um, why would I pay that off if my if my bank account <laughs> is gonna give me five? Right. Why would I? Why would I do that? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of people have been having that conversation recently, right? If you still, if you're lucky enough to have that three percent mortgage rate, and you're, I don't know, let's just say you're a hundred thousand dollars away from getting it paid off, and you've got that sitting in the bank, you know, people go, well, hey, I, I'd, I'd sleep better at night. Should I make do that? And that might satisfy the tummy rule, but maybe it doesn't make as much sense for the head rule, which is usually the logic, right, or the math. Yeah, but you know, if if you're debt set on being debt free, then that's what you're going to do. You're going to forego five percent interest, and you're going to pay down your three percent. But understanding that difference, so that you know that you're making this decision, because your advisor might advise you, "Hey, let's we can make more here. Let's hang on, right?" So from a mathematical standpoint, it makes more sense, and you're helping out your income side. But if ultimately it's your money and you're going to sleep better at night, then that's fine. That's the that's another point of the conversation. But at least you're armed with the info. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And some people choose to pay that off and that makes them sleep better at, at night and that makes them feel better. And that's a behavioral, you know, finance type of conversation that we can have. But if that's what makes you feel better and that's that's what makes you happy, then by all means, you know, we're not here to stop you. And I think that's where working with an advisor becomes really helpful because you you know, you can give them all the X's and O's and the dollars and the cents and and the technicalities, and then then you can kind of look at that. So here's the information. Now you're armed. Let's you know we know we're going to make emotional decisions as humans because we're emotional creatures. But let's get armed with the info and the facts. And then if we still want to make that emotional decision, well then at least we're doing so eyes wide open. I think the the biggest value that a financial advisor can can provide is really behavioral counseling. Yeah, I really think that's that's where the bulk of our value comes in. And it's a lot of categories to go through that with. So today was just around understanding income, uh, realizing that what you've got, where it's coming from, what kind is it? Is it the balance, kind of that guaranteed income or things like Social Security, or is it non-guaranteed? So those are some sources, some things you should be looking at and talking with your advisor about. Uh, Anything else, John? Just have your eyes wide open. Like I said, you just want to know the decisions and the impacts of those decisions Mm -hmm. is is what I would say. And, And work with a financial professional a certified financial planner, hopefully. Yeah. And um, yeah, because they, they will take care of you and, uh, and, and they know a lot. So that's who I would choose if, if I wasn't around and, and my wife was alone. She doesn't have any financial knowledge or anything like that. I would insist in my will or in my trust or in my letter, final letter to her, I would say, 
work with a certified financial professional. Well, you know, and you are one. So obviously you're speaking from that uh, standpoint because, you know, there's a lot of information out there. Just about anybody nowadays seems like can call themselves a financial advisor or professional, but definitely make sure you're vetting out the right ones for you. There's lots of different designations. So do a little bit of research. I mean, honestly, the onus is on us and the information is there. We as consumers have to take a few moments to find the right person for us. And that's one reason so many folks do podcasts like this one is to, you know, share a little bit about themselves their thoughts and how they approach things. So if you've got some questions, you need some help about understanding your own income, then sit down with John, have a conversation, get onto his calendar at Epiphany Capital. Simply stop by the website, johnchoy.net. That's johnchoy.net. He is a certified financial planner and president at Epiphany Capital. You can also just reach out to him at 847-247-0850. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. Buddy, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you. I hope you have a good week. You too. It was always fun uh, talking to you. Yeah, man. And we'll be back here in a couple of weeks for a new topic on the podcast. We're going to talk about personality types and advisors uh, the next time we come back. So we'll see you here on Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. That's a wrap, folks. Epiphany Capital is a registered investment advisor, RIA, located in the state of Illinois. Epiphany Capital provides investment advisory and related services for clients nationally. Epiphany Capital will maintain all applicable registration and licenses as required by various states in which Epiphany Capital conducts business, as applicable. Epiphany Capital renders individualized responses to persons in a particular state only after complying with all regulatory requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption or exclusion.